normally Chad and I meet every other week just as friends and we talk about um, our lives and how God is working. When he asked me to, if I was interested in and willing to preach, I kind of played it cool and I said, yeah, I can do that. And inside I was going, yes! <laughs> um, so I feel honored, uh, nervous, um, but also loved. Valley has just come out of a season of um, prayer, of discerning, trying to discern what our next steps are as a church. How, how do we accomplish the mission God has set before us? We, have, we do have a mission statement, but, um, and we're not wavering from that mission statement, but the question is, how do we accomplish that? How does God want us to continue to make disciples as families? Um, we are still in a time of seeking and discerning, so I hope that you continue to pray for that. Um, what are the specifics of how do we accomplish the mission while getting the most use out of our campus and being able to sustain our campus? How can we stay on course biblically while going into new territory and facing some very daunting challenges? How can a church of our size accomplish the mission God has given us? While I'm not going to give you all specific answers, I don't know. Because with you, I'm still seeking. And as a family, we seek those answers together. However, today I do want to stand before you and speak a word of encouragement to you as the church. Um, Valley has a long history. We're 60-some years old as a church. Um, Cindy is has some deep roots at Valley. Her grandmother, Ruth Horseman, used to, was a member here. She used to teach Sunday school, and most people would remember her because she would bake sugar cookies for vacation Bible school, and they were good cookies. I didn't get them until later, but they were still good. Um, so, um, so she has that rich history here. As, as I look out, I see lots of history. I see Three generations of families worshiping together. Um, we hear stories of what God has done in the past through and in Valley. Even now we see, we feel that God is here and God is moving among us. He's moving in us and he's moving through us to reach our community. Just because there's questions about how do we do that, doesn't make us any less of a church or any less of a family. Um, but here's what I would like to us to be encouraged by. What do we do as we wait on the Lord? What do we do until we hear direction of this is the way the church should go? Again, let me say, let me say it's, it's not a question of um, the bigger picture of what the church should be doing, it's a question of specifics, of what specifically should we be doing, what ministries do we have, are there that we could do to effectively reach our community. Um, so in 1 Corinthians, we find that the author is going into a conversation with the church about spiritual gifts. Um, when we speak of spiritual gifts, we often think of just the major ones that 
the church has kind of emphasized, like preaching. Um, I've often heard that evangelism, just as a side note, evangelism is not a spiritual gift, it's a command. Uh, Preaching, teaching, those are spiritual gifts in the body, but they're not the only spiritual gifts. Um, So in verse 4, verses 4 through 11, we find some spiritual gifts. Verse 4 says, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. In those three verses, we find dependency upon diversity within unity. As the church, we come together. We are different people. We have different backgrounds, different experiences, different ethnicities, different social economic statuses. But we come together in the same bond of love. Um, Dr. Jeremiah, David Jeremiah, summarizes those three verses this way. Different gifts, same spirit. Different ministries, same Lord. Different workings, same God. The NIV study notes say, Spiritual gifts are diverse, but all are equally honorable because they are bestowed by the same Spirit, administered by the same Lord, and energized by the same God. This, again, is diversity and unity. Verse 7, as we continue, says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Um, I've heard sometimes in my uh, history in the church, not just this one, I don't have a spiritual gift. That is an unbiblical truth. That is not true at all. It's a lie. Um, Because God's word says, Now to each one, speaking of the body of Christ, the church, each saved and sanctified person, now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now within Scripture, I believe there are two manifestations of the Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then there's, that's the, y'all know the song, the fruit of the Spirit's not a banana. Y'all know that one? Okay. See me afterwards, I'll teach it to you. Um, that's an easy way to learn what the spirits, what the gift, what the fruits are. Anyway, the second manifestation is um, the gifts of the Spirit. So to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. We are all given at least one spiritual gift. At least one. Why? For the common good. That means we are to use it for the good of the church. And by the church, I don't mean a building. I mean the universal church. All believers in Christ. In the following verses 8 through 11, again, he he goes through just a little bit, a small list of them, uh, of the gifts that are given. It's not a complete list. It's just a sampling but again, he emphasizes to their, like to one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. And in verse 11, all of these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. So be encouraged 
as a follower of Jesus, you have a spiritual gift. However, you don't get to pick it. Sorry, it's not a smorgasbord. It's given. And the Spirit gives them to each one just as he determines. He knows better than me, so he gives me my spiritual gifts I don't get to pick, which is probably a very good thing. Um, Now, the diversity and unity seems weird to us um, because how can you be diverse and still be unified? Um, So here's an example that the author gives us. It's a great example. Just look at the human body. There are many parts in a human body, but it's still one body. There are many different functions of the body parts, but it's still just one body. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts, and though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. So it is with Christ and the body of Christ. We are considered the body of Christ. Skip down to verse 18. He has gone through, you know, the eye can't say, well, I'm not going to be a part of the body because I'm not the nose and I want to smell. And the nose can't say, well, I'm not going to be part of the body because I want to be the eye and I want to be able to see. Verse 18 Says, But in fact, God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Now, in the specific context of this scripture, what it's saying is God has arranged the eyes to be the seeing part of our body. And he's put them in the front of our head. God has arranged the feet to be our stabilizers and to be the things that move us. And he put them at the bottom of the, of the body. He has arranged them specifically for specific purposes. But also within that context, we find that God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Valley, you are here as an individual because God has ordained you to be here as a part of this local body of believers. I firmly am an advocate of the local body of Christ. To the day I die, you will never change my mind. You cannot grow as a Christian. You cannot do the work of God if you are not connected with the body of Christ. End of story. The good news is God believes that and he has given us specific gifts to be a part of his body. You are here for a reason, not just today. If you're active, if you're a regular attender... God has called you to be a part of this body for a specific reason, to use the gift he has given you. We are not to be spectators. This isn't football. Not to be sitting in our bleachers and just watch Wendy and the praise team and go, oh, good job, good job, even though you do a great job every Sunday. Thank you, praise team. Because I, I always look forward to coming on Sunday and to worship. And um, so... The praise team uses their spiritual gifts to lead us in worship, not to entertain us, but to lead us in corporate worship. I digress. Um, So God has, 18, 
God has arranged the parts in the body. If you skip down to verse 24, but God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. He's emphasizing unity because in our world today, maybe not back when this was written, but in our world today, man, there is all kind of worship going on. Um, we see people following pastors because they think that preaching is the greatest gift ever. It's the highest calling. Um, we see people following the singers and worship leaders, um, even and outside the body. In the secular world, we see it all the time. But God within the body says, listen, everybody, every part of the body is equal because there's no division in the body of Christ. We are unified in the spirit of Christ. Everyone is equal and we should have equal concern for each other. You know, I've used this and I'm sure you've used this when comforting people, but if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part rejoices, every part rejoices with it. That's the bond of love. When you are a member, a participant in the local body of Christ, whether it's Valley or another church, there's just something about people coming together to rejoice with you, to walk with you through seasons of you don't know what it is, but it's not good. To walk through long seasons, to walk through short seasons, to help you out in different situations, to let you cry on their shoulder. Because when one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. That is such unity in the body of Christ. Now, the, now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. I read this, and you know, I grew up in church, so like probably second or third week of my life, I was in church, and I've been in church every, all, all my years. We went, when I was growing up, you went to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, and Wednesday night. On Wednesday night, the adults did prayer meeting, the kids did RAs and GAs. Some of you don't, Royal Ambassadors and Girls in Action and their missions organizations. Um, anyway, <laughs> so I grew up in the church. And I've read this, I've heard it preached, we've done Bible studies on it, but just reading it, like even this morning while I was going through the sermon, this specific verse popped out at me. Now you are the body of Christ. What? You are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet. We are the physical representation of Christ in the world today. It is amazing to me, and I've said this before, it is amazing to me that God has chosen human beings to spread the gospel message. Because we're horrible. (laughs) 
we get it wrong so many times. But yet he, he in his infinite wisdom and knowledge and love has chosen that we as followers of Jesus be the body of Christ. That's amazing to me. That's phenomenal to me. Wow. Just wow. And we, it's not only when you're in, on Sunday service or Wednesday, if you had Wednesdays. It's every day of our lives. We get to be the body of Christ. Verse 28, and in the church, God has appointed, first of all, apostles, and he goes through the list. Second prophets, third teachers, then workers of miracles, also those having gifts of healing, those able to help others with gifts of administration, and those speaking in different kinds of tongues. But are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret, but eagerly desire the greater gifts? That, that Doesn't that kind of say, but eagerly desire the greater gifts? So there has to be a hierarchy of the gifts, right? Like preaching. Like when I was growing up, you know, the pastor was on a pedestal, he was the spiritual leader, all that good stuff. But the next sentence says, and now I will show you the most excellent way. As a church, we are very diverse. We have different ethnicities, different ages, different spiritual gifts. But we are unified because we are all called by the same spirit, by the same Lord, and by the same God. What is the most excellent way? 1 Corinthians 13 is the chapter of love. You hear it at a lot of, a wet, at a lot of weddings. Love is patient, love is kind, all that good stuff. But it's not directed at couples in marriage, even though it's, a, you know... Good use of it. It's directed at, at the church. In the context of seeking the greater gift. But let me show you the most excellent way. Love is the most excellent way. Love is patient. Love is kind. While you're using your spiritual gifts, you are to use them in love. Love is patient. Love is kind. When I was growing up, I went to one church my whole life until I went away to college. In that church, I used, as I got older, I used to call it the Church of the Chosen Frozen. Um, we did not, we were not active at all in our worship. You never, we never clapped after somebody sang. And you might hear every once in a while, you might hear, Amen during the sermon. Now, that might surprise some of you because you know I'm vocal and I talk back to the pastor. But had it not been for that church, it's North Point Baptist Church down in Dundalk. Um, had it not been for that church, I would not know Jesus. I would not know my calling and I would not have been able to start developing my calling as a teenager in the church. Growing up, I remember potlucks in the fellowship hall, which were great because I loved to eat, still do. 
Um, but I, there are certain people that stick out in my mind. Um, Pastor Dwight Evans, he baptized me. Snooks, his wife. I remember Mr. C, Miss, excuse me, Miss C and Sterry Gardner. They were a couple in a church. Their kids were a little older than ours. Um, but he was my Sunday school teacher and my RA director. I remember a lot of the ladies of the church. Because, see, when I was growing up, you didn't have one mother in the church. All the ladies of the church were your mother, and all the ladies were allowed to discipline you. <laughs> Which meant double trouble, because if a lady disciplined you and then told your mother, you got it again at home. <laughs> but, yes. <laughs> um, now, I say all that. Because that is an example of the body of Christ. I love when Chad says, the children and youth of our church are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. They are the church of today. They get to usher. They get to sing. They get to help with coffee and vacation Bible school, teenagers and young children. That is developing their spiritual gifts. Now, granted, sometimes it's obvious that something may not be their spiritual gifts, but that's a good thing because then they know that's not their spiritual gift. Have you ever heard someone who said, my spiritual gift is singing, and they open their mouth and you go, no, it's not. (laughs) Might be a dream, but it's not your gift. The body of Christ comes together to use our gifts, but also to develop our gifts. I want to add, I know Chad says that the young people are the church of today. I want to add, our senior adults are not the church of yesterday. They are the church of today. We need senior adults. We need their wisdom. We need their experience in everyday life and spiritual matters. We need them. We need middle adults. We need everybody. Because Christ has arranged our church the way it is. Having been in in ministry for a while, and, um, you know, there are all these conferences and everything. You know, when I was growing up, the big ministry for every church to have was a bus ministry. You had to have a bus. If you wanted to reach a neighborhood, get a bus. Ten years later, all these buses are being sold because it wasn't what God had meant for several churches. You see these, oh, we should be like... This church. We should be like this movement, Passion Movement, or Willow Creek, or um, what's the one in Australia? Hillsong. We need to be valley because God has arranged all the parts of valley to be valley. How do we do that? As we are waiting on God. For some specific direction, what do we do? We continue to be the church. We continue to use our spiritual gifts in, in the way that God has called us to use them. Do you know, on any given Sunday, it takes 20 to 30 people, I'll say, pull off, to pull off a worship service. You only see probably about maybe 20% of those people.
Now think about that. 20 to 30 people of a church our size are using their gifts every Sunday so that we can come together as a family and worship God. So that we can come together as a family and fellowship between the service and small groups. So that we can have small groups. So that we can have air conditioning and heating. So that you can, we can have sound. So that we can have coffee. All these things are valley. They are the parts of the body coming together using their spiritual gifts for the common good. I love the local body. I love Valley Baptist Church. You guys have loved on us and have allowed us to grow together. You've allowed my daughter to experience worship, to come to know Christ and to be baptized. That's the body of Christ. We, Yeah, we're not a huge, gigantic church. But we are still the church. We are still the body of Christ. Now, I don't know the plans that God has for us specifically, but I know what he wants us to do. He wants us to love one another. And he wants us to help one another. On this journey of discipleship. I need you. I need all of you. Because I've found out my hardest job is parenting. I love Carson and she's a blessing. (laughs) But it's good to have other parents to talk with. (laughs) You need each other. So as we, you know... When Chad asked me to do this, he said, I'm going to be away. He's, he's seeking God, seeking wisdom about what to do. And um, I personally think that's wise. I'm glad that I have a pastor who's humble enough to say, I don't know. So I'm going to go seek wisdom. So as we're seeking, let's continue to be the body of Christ. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, let's find out. Talk to someone. Because normally it's something that you're really good at. Like I have the gift of gab. I can talk to anyone, so I'm a greeter. Um, Apparently Carson has the same gift. So she takes after me. So she'll probably be a, a greeter. I don't, you know, so if you don't know, ask us. If you do know, but you're not connected in using that spiritual gift, get connected. If there's not a ministry or a work in our church where your gift can be used, maybe God's calling you to start that ministry in our church. Now, there are those who are spiritually gifted, but you're called to use your gift outside the body. In a different, like a parachurch group or uh, uh, a nonprofit or, you know, something like that. That's fine, but you're still needed in our church. You still need to be grounded in a local body. So let us be the body of Christ. Let us be his hands, his feet, his mouth, his eyes. 
because there's a greater vision as we become the body. See, when we are the body of Christ, we automatically take that outside the walls of our church building. Do you remember what Jesus said? How will they know you are my disciples? By our love. This will be my last thing because I don't even I don't even keep track of time. Um, the world outside our walls is going to hell in a handbasket. Literally, people are dying all around us. The world it seems to be going out of control. But darkness will never hide light. It cannot happen. We are the body of Christ, therefore we are the light of the world. We are not to hide within the walls, we are to go beyond. Our light is to shine. People are living hopeless lives. We have the hope that changes lives. We have the answer. And as the body of Christ, when we come together, we use our spiritual gifts within the body. Just the the normal reaction the normal outcome of that is that we leave excited refreshed renewed and we go to work even though sometimes we don't want to <laughs> we go to work and we're able not to beat people over the head with a bible but we are able to smile and share love we notice when a coworker is going through stuff man i work in the city in in the highland town area opened my eyes um, we had somebody calling in the time I've been there I'll say within the last two years well I've been there two years in the last year I've had two people call out because a family member was shot what <laughs> are you kidding me like growing up that never crossed my mind ever but being there the Lord has allowed doors to be opened. Hey, can I pray for your brother? How's your brother doing? And that opens up doors of ministry. Not necessarily straightforward evangelism, but love. Straightforward, no questions, love. Hey, I love you enough to ask you, can I pray for your brother? When we use our gifts inside the context of the church... The overflow of that is using our gifts outside the context of the church. And what happens is people see the love and they're like, hey, I want some of that. What, what makes you different? So it's, it's, a, it's a whole big picture that I've just touched on. So I want to encourage you, Valley. Man, let's keep being the body of Christ. Let's keep being the church God has called us to be. And let's work in what God has given us to do in anticipation of what he's already doing, but what he's going to continue to do. Now, this may not mean, this doesn't automatically mean that we're going to grow to be a mega church. Spiritual growth isn't always numbers. That would be great. That would, but with more people come more problems. But so you're never out of having issues. But let's continue to grow 
as valley. This this certain local body of believers that God has placed here over 60 years ago. Let's continue to grow in using our spiritual gifts in love. So that when God says, hey, this is what I want you to do. We're going to be like, great, you've already equipped us. Let's go. Let's move forward into what God is calling us to do. Let's pray. God, it is humbling and amazing that you have called us to be the body of Christ. It is so encouraging to be a part of your body here at Valley. To see how you are working in us, through us, and among us for your glory and for the advancement of your kingdom. I pray now that your spirit would encourage us to continue to do good works. I pray for those who may be struggling with not knowing what their spiritual gift is. I ask that you would guide and direct them. God, and I pray that you would use this time to draw us closer to you. To make decisions that need to be made. To walk forward as the body of Christ. Under the headship of Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit for the glory of God the Father. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.